guest a friend since the only way to watch anime was by renting them from Pine Hollow Video or getting the bootleg VHS tapes from basement tea shops in Chinatown. I remember being introduced to him in the ninth grade as the guy who knew Kung Fu and that could draw mad good. Over the past two and a half decades, our adventures spanned from vampires to dark elves to dealing with the police to raves to music collaborations and a lot more. I would like to welcome a hero I call by their first name, Adam. Hey man, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, what's going on, dude? <laughs> what do we, wait, what do we, what happened with the police? <laughs> oh man, just, just police being dicks. Remember when I dislocated my shoulder oh, and yeah. in Mike's backyard and the cops came and the cop was like, oh, dude just i'll put i'll pop it back in for you and oh like, my god that's right fucking yeah. at, and, and then uh, when i went back to visit and the cops pulled us over and like you yeah. showed him your license and he, he threw that shit <laughs> at the grass <laughs> yeah there was fucking <laughs> that happened to me a bunch of times man with them throwing my license for some reason <laughs> cops like to be like yo let me see your license now go get that shit <laughs> Maybe it's that the, the thing is a fucking shuriken or something. And yeah. Just they just throw it. Just want to see me go chase it like a fucking like a dog. Man. Fucking assholes, man. Yeah. I got defund the police. We got abused, we bro. Go. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah defund them. But, <laughs> but all right, man. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, man. Uh, thank you for doing this, dude. Um, you know, uh, I, you you like you know you like the first person that um I wanted to to interview for this um just because we always are talking uh on like the marco polo app and um you know always <clears throat> sharing ideas especially we were like talking about like the umwelt and stuff and this mm. that were kind of like you know got got you know the gears turning in my head to to do something um so so yeah number one thank you man for um you know for just the engaging me over the over the years uh, you know, to really think a lot. <laughs> I, but, I appreciate uh, yeah. it, man, and I thank you because, you know, we can only have those conversations unless you're having them by yourself, which I do sometimes in my own head, but it's mm -hmm. really great to have another person in the real world that you can bounce these ideas off of, and you've always been that for me. I mean, even when we were young and I, I was making, you know, world-building, making stories and stuff like that, you, you were someone who always listen to what I was creating seriously because you, you you've always remembered everything that I've worked on and, and and have been able to reflect back on me on those things so I appreciate that a lot oh, thanks man thanks man back at you man um, so yeah dude um, yeah so um, I guess we could just kind of just start with the beginning like I, I met you as I said like in ninth grade um, and at the ninth grade center um, mm -hmm. and I knew that you did kung fu which is awesome I think we remember we had we those. I think we started. We were trying to do like a like a real fight club, like our own UFC. <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah. that shit. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> and um, like we try to get all the kids that knew some kind of martial art, whatever, together to fight yeah. in classrooms before homeroom or some shit. It oh, never Jesus happened. Christ, I'm glad it never happened. <laughs> so I would have died. Yeah, 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 for sure. I definitely would have got my ba my spine broken because I'm the smallest person of all of our friend group. And so, of course, you know, let's have a fucking 
uh, Fight Club, and then Jeff <laughs> he has no control over himself, and then oh, I break yeah. my I break my spine. Right, that's what happens. <laughs> that would yes. Luckily, it never never uh, came to fruition. But um, but yeah, man. Also, um, you know, you also drew really well, and like I think, I don't know how it is now. I mean, maybe you have like an insight to you know uh, teenage life now, uh, being a dad and stuff. Um, mm. But I think like back then, like drawing was like such an like a, a dope skill like if, if you can draw or tag or whatever like you just you just got like you know mad people giving you props and stuff but um yeah man so like what got what got you into martial arts what got you into drawing and stuff um yeah you know so like kind of like before we met whatever um yeah man like have you always been an artistic person or um i think so i i, I think that I remember when I was little, we went to go see Ninja Turtles, the movie. And I I felt so inspired. And I think there was a couple of movies that around that time that I saw that inspired me that I didn't know what to do with the feelings that I had Mm -hmm. of inspiration or curiosity so I, I I know another one was um, what was that movie uh, Indiana Jones so it was Indiana okay. Jones it was Ninja Turtles and maybe one or two others like uh, probably Thundercats the, the the cartoon a couple oh, of things yep, that yep. just I didn't know after I finished watching them it's not like I, I could say oh that was amazing I really love that and then I go move on to something else I felt like I had to do something mm-hmm. so I felt like tasked with doing something it's like what do I do I don't know what to do so the first thing I started to do was draw and I guess with a little bit of encouragement from maybe my mom or something who said this is really good I, I, I thought that I could just keep doing it and so I started making these little booklets that were stories of whatever character I was Usually it was a character that was already made, uh, you know, Ninja Turtles or Indiana Jones. I remember I had Indiana Jones Jr. So I had like mm-hmm. this young Indiana Jones that had adventures and I would staple the papers together and then I would make a little pocket in the front of the book where you could put a map. So I put made, drew a map and then I put the yeah. map in that and, and that was like a project. And so I did a project and I felt good about the project and it felt like a through line from the movie to my real life so I was including my imagination with this thing that I saw that inspired me and I felt that I had joined it somehow and I think that I got a, a really addicted to to the not not just the connection with the source of of, of inspiration but also the that state of just working on something working on a project every day having a couple hours to to get in that flow state I didn't know what it was at the time of course mm-hmm. just being you know concentrating on on a project uh, I, I I love being in that zone you know we are only wow, just man. thinking about that wow that's that's awesome man so like you you've just been like like just on this cre- this creativity tip for a long long time man just um, you know kind of getting getting this kind of I guess um it's almost like a urge, right? This is like how you kind of dealt dealt with this kind yeah. of feeling of wanting to connect or wanting to 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 like expand on on things that you've been interested in. 
Yeah, and or, I never really yeah. felt that way towards, I never wanted to just be around a bunch of people. You know, mm -hmm. I never really wanted to go outside and hang out with friends, exploring the world. I kind of had an opposite curiosity. I wanted to pull something out from the inside of my consciousness or my own imagination. And when I realized that I had something there, it was more rewarding than almost the outside world. So I spent so many hours just by myself working on stuff. Wow. By myself. And this, yeah, this is like, so like Ninja Turtles came out like 1990. I mean, that, I remember, man, it came out, yeah, the reason I know is because um, that, that uh, it came out on my birthday, 1990, March 30th, uh, 1990. i never mm. forget that. And I, I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. And, um, and just, you mentioned N Ninja Turtles. Um, I've totally forgot that we both went to the Brentwood Library to, to that drawing um, thing when we were kids. I don't remember that. I might have. I remember I moved to Brentwood in 93. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure. Then. Yeah, maybe. It could be. It could be. Yeah, okay. That might have been a fever dream or something. No, it I could be. I mean, I don't remember a <laughs> don't lot know. of stuff, bro. Like, there's so many things that I have forgotten. And I realized <laughs> that I could just rely on other people to remember certain things. Because my brain has just like shitted out so many gigs of information to make room for new shit. How do you fit all that in your head anyway? I had to dump a chunk of long-term memory. You had to dump a chunk of what? It's my childhood. Yeah, I, I've, I don't rely on myself at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I guess you can uh, hit, hit up your mom or something. Be like, yo, did we go to the Bremel Library? <laughs> she would yeah, definitely then, uh, remember. Yeah. I'm going to ask her. Yeah. So either, um, yeah, either, you know, it happened or I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm, nah. I'm starting to make up shit. I'm okay with that <laughs> consensus reality. We could just say that it cool. happened. Yeah, <laughs> cool, man. All right, yeah, so you said, yeah, you moved to Brentwood um, in, in, in 93. Um, so, yeah, man, how, so how was that move there? That's a pretty, um, pretty, pretty, I think, tough time to move, right? Um, yeah, it was terrible you're like a for teenager. Me. I was really depressed. <laughs> I was really depressed because I was coming from the city, you know, I was coming from Brooklyn, Queens border, and I know that uh, I had a hard time making friends when I was a kid, and I think d joining martial arts at a young age, I, at, at some point, I finally began to make some friends, I think, and I must have been about 13, and I started mm -hmm. making friends, and then we moved, and I lost mm -hmm. those friends, because they were all part wow. of the the karate school that we went to together we were in you know part part of us a, a young junior a junior competitive fighting team and i felt it felt good to be a part of that but then mm -hmm. we moved and coming to brentwood i felt like i had to start all over again so yeah it was bad for me at that time yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and you used to play you used to play basketball didn't you I did, yeah. I hated that. Yeah. But I used to <laughs> Yo, really? Okay. Oh, my shit, dad, my dad just made me do that. You know what I mean? Oh. And I, and I didn't okay. want to. Yeah, yeah, man. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, because um, I think yeah later on, I guess you know if you fast forward a little bit, yeah, like we spent l lots of time, you know, like in your room, like you know, talking about like world building and stuff, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, kind of, I, I kind of grew out of sports. Um, like later uh, in my teens as well. So yeah, man. So you said that you were creating these 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 like kind of comic books, these kind of projects. Mm -hmm. You 
you um, kind of enjoyed, you know, you know, being kind of being alone and, you know, kind of doing all this world building and stuff and, you know, adding to like, it's like f not fan fiction exactly, but, you know, kind of um, creating stories with like pre-existing characters and everything. Um, so, so yeah, like, w was that like kind of, did they like influence like, you know, your, like your art style or like the way that you approached storytelling and stuff, because um, I think yeah, later on you would, you know, um, go on to do, do a lot of creating. Yeah, I mean, they, it definitely was the beginning of uh, my own world building. I know that shortly after, shortly after all of those things, I started playing Nintendo. And so video games, of course, started to influence my my art and my storytelling. I started to develop a style of drawing, I guess, and it mm -hmm. and it was comparable. I often got compared from a very early age, my style to Amano, the guy that mm -hmm. does the character design for the Final Fantasy series. And and of course, I was a big fan of Final Fantasy as well. All of these elements uh, started coming together, and then uh, watching a lot of anime as a kid. Uh, so there, so there was these elements of like RPG, you know, role-playing games, fantasy, characters, character-driven things, uh, developing worlds, developing mythologies, which are the things that I enjoyed from from the movies and the cartoons and the video games that I was watching, like for example, Thundercats, the whole lore behind the Thundercats and the lore behind that sword. And then- Yes, yeah, mad deep, man. Transforming sword, yeah, yeah it's super yeah. deep. And and it stuck with me. And I remember, you know, playing RPGs where there'd be maps, like just sprawling maps. And you know that this, mm -hmm. there's these territories and you can explore them. And as you explore them, you learn about different cultures and, mm -hmm. I just wanted to create that. I wanted to create my own world, and mm. so from so I guess up starting from about fourteen, that's when I started drawing and writing. You know my own stories and and, yeah. and coming up with my own my own stuff. Wow, man! Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's just so cool. Like you know, hearing um, just about like that that like uh, kind of that journey in itself. Like, it's like almost like a you know like a character arc as well like because um and a lot of it was similar with with me man um you know uh i was just drawn to it i don't know why but it was something about i think you you kind of nailed it something about like this kind of um this lore right this kind of something that is you know bigger than just the surface you know like if you play like the game like bad dudes on Nintendo, remember that game, Bad Dudes, mm -hmm. yeah, right? Like, um, you know, like it, it, it was just these two dudes that beat beat people up, and it was fun. But then, you know, I remember like a friend of mine, um, my friend Greg, you know, lent me his brother's copy of Final Fantasy, and then it was like the Warriors of Light and these crystals, and it was just like, yo, like this is like a hundred times better than Bad Dudes, man. This is like this whole thing, like this whole story that you're uncovering. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. And I think, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the draw to it. The what you mm -hmm. said. The other layers. There was something yeah. else beyond the first layer, and mm -hmm. it's like that with me with Tolkien. It's like that mm -hmm. with me with uh, 
Lovecraft, all, all of these these writers or, or uh, video game developers or, or series, movies that have something else that happened, that, mm. but that's not what the story is about. The story is set in a, in a world that has taken place already that you could mm-hmm. explore further if you want to. That's awesome, man. That's that's cool, man. And um, yeah, and uh, it kind of um, I think it made that kind of connected us because we had like that little group of dudes, like the dragon cutters and, and stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> and, we're all um, in the, yeah. into the same stuff. I remember yeah. we we spent that su- one summer watching Lotus Wars. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what summer it was. I think ninety six or ninety seven or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was. It just resonated with me in uh, in not just the lore, not just the that anime stuff, but I think that I, I was drawn to those things for a similar reason. Me, I'm, I'm well. I'll only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. I know that there was a certain idealism in in my heart, in a way, in my imagination. Mm-hmm. There's a certain kind of romanticism about life that mm-hmm. I felt life was missing you know and mm. I sought it out in my real life and I sought it and of course I found it more often in my imagination and in these works of art that allowed you to go on these adventures and explore a world and, and open up an entire unfolding narrative of lore and the colors that were used to illustrate mm-hmm. these worlds the, the art you know whether it was a movie or it was an anime or or or, or comics or anything like that, mm-hmm. manga. There's just an, a a style that allows you to get lost in 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 like a romantic and rom- romantic in the sense of you know the the idealism. And, yeah. and we didn't have yeah. that. You know we were we, we we come back to real life and in real life we're in in these families that are uh, torn apart by addiction and alcoholism mm-hmm. and misogyny and our the colonialism that sort of yeah, marked yeah. our development generationally like Puerto Rican, Jamaican, African, mm-hmm. you know, Cuban people, immigrants. Mm-hmm. And we're just, you know, we're not the most uh I guess how, how could you say this like the most popular guys in 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 high school we're mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. nerdy and, and 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 off to the side so there was a lot of stuff that was definitely not ideal about our developmental time and mm-hmm. i think that i was attracted to certain creative styles even music because we did that together mm-hmm. too and, yeah uh, yeah and and that type of stuff opened up a world to me that i could shape in my own idealistic image you know I could tell this story or I could be part of a story that did have me in a place of being the in control and and, and, and a hero or at least make my heroes the way I thought that they should be rather mm-hmm. than what the world sort of kind of like enforces on us you know? yeah yeah man that's yeah man Th- thanks for sharing all that man that's kind of explained our experience to a T. Um, it was a, it was a form of you know it was a form of, of um, escapism. Right. Um, it was a way for us to, as you said, like gain control of you know of of something, right? Because you know um, definitely uh, there were you know moments, um, especially you know growing up in 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 Brentwood where 
or just you know a particular family environments that um, were out, kind of out of control a little bit. We weren't able to do anything about it, so we had to kind of retreat um, in our own kind of, I guess, fantasy world, right? Or, or our own kind of um, you know way of, of um, finding like uh, an anchor or something. And it was cool that we kind of um, had each other in a way you know, to like escape together in like these shared worlds of, you know, whether it be video games or, or, you know, like, uh, you know, movies or books, whatever. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's dope, man. I never really, never really thought about it too much. <laughs> you know, um, it, it was, it was more than just, Oh, this anime is cool. Or this video game is fun. It was kind of like, this is my escape, man. This is kind of like right. therapeutic for me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, making these, you know these uh, these comic books and stuff, and we all did it. You know, um, we all we all you know part of our group and everything. We all kind of uh, do that, and then music. I think later on, uh, even today, is a way that we still can uh, do that. But thanks, yeah, thanks for sharing. So, all right, man. So let's um let's kind of fast forward into um yeah, because we have so much we have we've done so much t- uh, together. Um, yeah. Either either together or we were like like doing this similar things like we were like parallel in a lot of our, our things. So I guess um, if we can just uh, talk about a little bit um, meet media class, um, yeah. So I think that is when you and I uh, really got close was through making like you know I guess movies and stuff and something that you even did uh, after. Uh, high school so yeah man um what, what what got you into that media class like because like i don't um because uh, i joined because i i liked I, I liked somebody who was taking the class i liked the girl who was in the class so i, I did who? some stalker stuff yeah. No? yeah 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 jackie she knows yeah oh uh, yeah jackie, yeah, jackie yeah, why yes yeah. yes yeah, you so made a song like, call you made a song call why yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh the cringe man the cringe is real um you were, you, you were <laughs> You were you were an emo guy, man, for a little bit. Yeah, you man. Know what I'm saying, yeah, and it was, uh, it, yeah. was it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> um. Completely, yeah, totally embarrassing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Um, but you know, it turned out that um, there was two different media classes, and I got put in the class with you, and right. it was probably the 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 best thing that could ever ever have happened to me, man. So yeah, it man. Like huge, what? It was a huge part of. I'd say that that class probably changed the trajectory of my life I think and mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I went into high school I, w- I was in ROTC and the the, the the teacher hit me with a stick or something like that and I was just like I don't want to be in this class anymore mm-hmm. and so I got out of the finagled my way out of it and then they were like you have to take something so I took media. I just didn't know what else to take, so I took that. And uh, when I went in there, I was like, "Oh, this is a totally different kind of class. It's all this equipment. Uh, it's kind of open ended. I'd had no idea what we'd be doing, but I met you there, and you were really cool. And Annie Hart, and a couple mm-hmm. of and Aaron, and a couple of people who I don't know were just different than the people that I've had known up till the moving to to, to Brentwood, and we started working on these little video projects and and that's when my love of making films and editing and sort of art directing uh audio visual experience began with you basically yeah man um i just remember like we 
we just clicked, man. Remember, we did. I think the first project we did together was Tiger Bennett's. Yeah, Remember Tiger that? Bennett's Super Shaolin Karate <laughs> Dojo, which is so stupid because it's a dojo, right? Which is Japanese. It's karate, which is you know Korean. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. I mean, unless you're talking about you know Japanese styles of, of karate yeah. or whatever. But this, yeah, they're doing like Taekwondo. Like, yeah, yeah, and then it's like Super Super Shaolin. So it was like Shaolin, Shaolin which is Chinese. So it was. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't know what to do with my love of Asian culture at that time. So I just it was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so stupid. It was so stupid. What an idiot. It, yeah, but, but um, you know, it was. I think it was just um, it was just like wow. Like we we all kind of were like these kind of um, I don't know, man, where it came from. You know, I guess you know at the time there was like that um show, uh, it's like something powers or something. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll cut it in from Universal Studios, Florida. It's WMAC Masters. They're the world's greatest martial artists competing for the ultimate prize. Olympus, the machine, superstar, red dragon, great wolf, tiger claw, yin yang man, tsunami, star warrior, turbo. Their quest, reach full dragon belt, then go for the dragon star itself. The World Martial Arts Council presents WMAC Masters. But I remember it was like it was like these fake fights of different fight different fighting styles or something. Yeah. I think that was inspired. But um, and then um, yeah, we did some other projects that were all ninja based, man. Because I think the games like Tenchu, Tenchu, uh, and um, ju- and and of course like movies like Ninja Scroll. I know the way now, so leave me alone. All right? Not quite the right direction. The way to hell is right here. Mm-hmm. I just thought, fancied myself some kind of a ninja, and <laughs> and then of course, oh god, and <laughs> so so even in college, you know, I would just do these projects, sort of like nin- ninjutsu answers to kung fu flicks, and mm-hmm. we and there were actually some of them were pretty pretty damn good. Like we yeah, we we got a bunch of people together who knew martial arts. Everybody was mm-hmm. totally into it. Uh, the fight scenes were killer. Uh, the mm-hmm. editing was really good. The music was great, and I think we were a little ahead of our time when it came to some mm-hmm. of that stuff. Because this is like yeah, 90, man, ninety six, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Wish we wish we had YouTube back then, man. Maybe would have. <laughs> yeah, this was just all VHS tape. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Do you, Do you have any idea why you were so into, you know? Um, just kind of asian culture i mean i i have my own theory but um yeah like do you, do you have any any reason why uh, it was you definitely kind of because of the, the martial arts i mean i mm-hmm. i know that you know i i started martial arts when i was five mm-hmm. and i got my black belt when i was 10 so mm-hmm. uh by the time I, I i came out to to brentwood i was a second degree black belt and then i was starting shaolin kung fu and then i was learning brazilian jiu-jitsu Mm-hmm. And I felt, I know, I felt, I felt empowered by martial arts. Uh, I was always a pretty scrawny kid, so just the fact that I had some kind of understanding of martial arts. This, uh, let me hold on a second. This, uh, this thing is definitely yeah, gonna that, pass by and be really loud, so I'm gonna like <laughs> move away from the window. I'm in Brooklyn, obviously, so there's just all types <laughs> of noise. 
So I can't. Good. I can't even. I could like hide in the bathroom and you could still hear that. Good God. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I just loved the idea of being a scrawny kid that was kind of tough, and mm-hmm. that my toughness sort of came from training. And so when I connected with different types of anime or, or you know, just media, just Japanese mm-hmm. media, there was an element of, obviously, there's a continuation of this sort of Eastern, this Eastern philosophy of uh, honor, of, mm-hmm. like, making yourself stronger, making yourself better, focusing your, your uh, talent um, mm-hmm. of sort of internalizing your emotions to a certain degree you know every every protagonist that you can imagine in in a lot of that early manga and anime is someone who's going through something internally but they don't show it very often on the outside mm-hmm. but what they do show on the outside is like a mastery of some kind of skill that a lot of people don't have and mm-hmm. that inspired me a lot so I think I started going further and further into the realm of of exploring a- any type of Asian, any culture outside of where we were at, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and that was that was this, uh, another form of escapism for me, I think. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I definitely can relate. Um, yeah, just uh, I I kind of felt like, um, as you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, we have a, like like Caribbean roots uh, to, um, you know, who we are, you know, um, and I always. I don't know why, but I always kind of envisioned, um, it's really weird, but I always kind of envisioned like Japan and like Asia in general, like this kind of, just how like different it was. It was, I don't know, closer to my roots. (laughs) It was really weird than just like typical American stuff, you know, like European stuff, you know, like it was just, it was because I didn't want to you know, uh, not to get too deep into it, but yeah, I, I didn't want to conform to like, you know, regular things. I wanted to like find something else. But at the time there was no, in, there was no Wikipedia, no internet, you know, like nothing. So I, you I can learn more about, you know, Puerto Rico or Jamaica, even Jamaica kind of had like the stigma of like, you know, like weed or whatever, but and I knew that wasn't the case, uh, but there was no, nowhere for you to find it. So I just kind of gravitated to this kind of Asian thing that, had a deep history and you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. So I I think, um, I was trying to find, you know, something, something, uh, else. Um, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't identify with, uh, white culture. I mean, I knew that, uh, I wasn't quote unquote American. I knew that I wasn't, uh, white. So I didn't feel welcome in my own country and what I perceived to be my own country's culture because I didn't you know I didn't Mm -hmm. know anything about culture at that time and of course being from within Latin American culture I I I didn't understand it like I understand it now you know I didn't understand Mm -hmm. that you know we're a mix of uh, colonialist settlers Mm -hmm. from Spain and Taino natives and African Mm -hmm. slaves I didn't I didn't Mm -hmm. know that and yeah. I couldn't embrace any of those things because no, none of those values were explicit in my culture. They were just mm-hmm. sort of taken for granted. And, of course, when you take something for granted, 
you know you can you can step right over it without seeing the value in it which I did for sure in the beginning of my life with my own culture and then I didn't mm -hmm. feel part of my current culture so for sure I felt this personal connection with Asian culture mm -hmm. from a very early age starting with martial arts and carrying mm -hmm. through all the way to what kind of media I consumed what kind of art I like I, I gravitated towards mm -hmm. you know manga and anime and, 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 and sticking with all of these different martial arts schools uh, and all of the people who gravitated to those things as well so. mm -hmm. yeah 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 definitely yeah thinking thinking back is yeah it kind of makes a lot of sense but all right man yeah we've been talking for about 30 minutes um so yeah man um let's kind of fast forward man i know we kind of spoke about a little bit about um like uh life after high school but um yeah man were there any like pinnacle moments in high school that you would say uh you know propelled you in any particular direction i, I think a lot of like me me i i went my i tried to major in film um which was <laughs> a huge mistake ended up dropping out yeah me um, too. i did the same yeah that's mm -hmm. uh, so, okay so you know let's just set set the tone um finishing high school you know none of us come from you know particularly wealthy families um but we, we all, i think we all kind of decided that we had to go to college uh, rather than you know not um yeah so like what what made you uh, pursue university because you, you 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 know I don't know if you want to you can share it or you don't have to but you you got into a pretty good school. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I just sort of came out of my shell through that media class mm -hmm. at the last moment, you know, and I and I became more confident in myself just before it was time to go to college, and I had no idea, you know, where people were 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 sort of looking at what they wanted to do with their life I was just looking at me and and mm -hmm. saying oh this is who I am and and understanding who I could possibly be while everybody else kind of not everybody else but a lot of other people seem to have gotten that out of the way and they're ready to move on to a career I wasn't ready for that but because mm -hmm. I would be the only person in my family to go to college I was sort of pressured into into just going just go so mm -hmm my film school at SVA was kind of, I got accepted in there and, and I think it was kind of just a con me trying to continue that media class and, mm -hmm. and it was just a continuation of that media class for me uh, just experimenting and developing but for no other reason but to explore myself but it was too expensive of a school to explore myself at that's just like <laughs> oh you know I could do that shit for free somewhere else but, yeah <laughs> uh, so I dropped out of there and then I went to Suffolk for theater and that was just me continuing to come out of my shell. It was just all of my college experience in the beginning up until mm -hmm. recently. Recently it's different, but back at that time when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, it was me just coming out of my shell and into the world that I had been avoiding for so long. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just sort of performing literally performing performing music performing on stage acting performing uh in 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 the art direction through whatever multimedia projects i was working on we interrupt this program to bring you a special report I can't bring my, and i'm sorry tom i can't bring myself to believe what you're saying it's nothing new been years since anyone's believed me. 
Because a superior intelligence happens to be a personal friend of mine. I believe he's here to rescue me. Get us. Get us. Get us. Get us. Get us. Yo, what's up, man? My bad. Yeah, so good. I don't know what happened. It's the uh, the elder gods fucking with us, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you left off like just talking about um, going to theater and like trying to that was help, how, like college helping you find yourself, whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and and uh, and and after I graduated with an associate's in theater. Um, my family kind of like fell apart and uh, mm -hmm. I lost my 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 house and you know my my mom lost her house so I I didn't have a place to live so that kind of my life became an exploration at that point of just trying to survive and 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 the art became my therapy at the mm -hmm. time where I was just trying to survive you know I wasn't I was not trying to make a living off of art I couldn't. Um, I couldn't even make a living with a regular job. So, around the time that I finished my associate's degree, uh, and I, I actually did pretty well, and I started getting scouted by other colleges, I, I didn't go back, and I and I kind of just took to the streets a little bit, and and was and making music and drawing and writing and stuff like that, and that's kind of like what I did for a little while. Yeah, man, um, that was like I think uh, a big transition for a lot of us. Um, yeah, because I think the same same time, like your family had issues. Um, I, 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 my family, um, not well. My parents have been divorced for a long time, but you know, I was living with my father, and then she, yeah, shit, kind of hit the fan around the same time. Right. Uh, but uh, the the calm before the storm, before that happened, we did so much. I think growing growing together, man. Like, um, as and I just wanted to say thank you, man. Like when i was you know going through shit with, with my family like go, going to you know your house your mom's house and stuff you know going in your room and like talking about you know like you like this kind of story that that you had and making characters um yes and, and like that elf book that you had you remember that book yeah i remember that. yeah man so i just want to say thank you for that man like that that really uh helped me deal with a lot of stuff yeah yeah so uh yeah but thanks man um but yeah man ar around that time man i think you know we also were able to um go see uh a mono in in manhattan you know what's weird about that man i wasn't there for that oh you and weren't that, no all of the all of the guys in our friend group went except for me and the reason why was because at that time 
I was trying to do acting still because I, oh. I, I had just finished doing theater mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do with my life. So, you know, they were like, you got to go on auditions. You got to just put on the pavement and you got to put in that work. And mm-hmm. this hustler's mentality kind of took over me for a short time to try to make it in this field. And I remember skipping out on meeting basically the guy who, who that my art style was inspired by mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to try to make it to this audition and uh, I, I regretted it that's one of the I don't really regret much in my life but that's one of the things that if I could go back and undo that I would undo that I would not go to that audition and I would have just gone with you guys to see Amano because that was one of his only appearances in the United States and if there's any artist on earth whose style resembles my style and that I could have sort of had a poignant moment meeting, it would have been Amano. And mm-hmm. uh, so I remember that. And a lot of you guys remember me there. Yeah. But I wasn't yeah, I there. Did, man. I it was like one there. of the Berenstein Bear moment, man. It's a Berenstein Bear <laughs> moment, bro. And it, and, I, and it makes me upset. And, and it's crazy because shortly after that, a lot of uh, auditions that I went on, it, it's a memory that I kind of repressed or put away or maybe or maybe I didn't really even think it was that important at the time so mm-hmm. it didn't stick out but now that we're going through all of the sort of uh, civil rights and racial tensions that we're going through now where things are coming up on the surface that have always been there mm-hmm. I remember most of the auditions I, I, I went on you know my 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 headshot was black and white and when I would show up they most of the time I didn't get the part because they said I Too didn't look white shit, yeah right? they didn't that I didn't look white so I yeah. I was like oh I remember being embarrassed for myself you know mm-hmm. being ashamed that I, I didn't look white enough because of course I didn't really get accepted with people of color either you know a lot of Latinos didn't accept me because I wasn't very culturally Latino mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm part black but I'm not accepted in any groups of black people because mm-hmm. they just see me as the lucky one that's light skin who doesn't get yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you know doesn't get <laughs> get to face as much uh, you know racism as they do and then with white people they're just like you're not white you you're mm-hmm. this you're not what you are pretending to be but I'm not pretending to be anything I'm just yeah. being myself so that was one of the times where I realized that I didn't fit in being multiracial mm-hmm. um, the way that I am and I don't fit into any group really uh, unless I sort of really embraced being uh, colonialized Puerto Rican because I am yeah. very uh, Puerto Rican in terms of my 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 own feelings, but it's straight up through the indigenous aspect of my family's culture. You know, my mm-hmm. family's very indigenous, and they have a lot of Taino customs, and I and I resonate with that. But even mm-hmm. if I do that, it, it's lost on most Puerto Ricans because most Puerto Ricans don't feel indigenous; they feel Puerto Rican, and that means exactly whatever they think it means or whatever the stereotypes may be which is you know rice and beans and salsa music and uh, you know it's <laughs> mofongo not or something, yeah, yeah mofongo and and and, and uh you know you know getting pregnant early and having puerto rican <laughs> twins and and all this bullshit that goes along with stereotypical puerto rican um you know beliefs but uh or beliefs about puerto ricans but my my own my own personal identification with Puerto Rico comes from my Taino culture and like my great grandfather and the stories that I was told about how they survived in the mountains there after colonization so I never felt like I belonged anywhere and I realized that when I started trying to be part of this 
you know, very shallow field of entertainment that I had, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be part of it. So yeah, I kind of broke away from that. All right. So boom, you know, we, <laughs> we are at, you know, that time in our lives, you know, we went to all the raves. We, you know, we're like bouncing around trying to figure out our place. And then, um, you know, I think, um, so, yeah, so you got really into music when the acting thing didn't fall into place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what propelled you that? I remember like we, you know, and that like inspired me, man, because I remember like you, you got like the Fruity Loops program. I think right. you had, you moved your room to, to your sister's room. It was the smaller room. Right. And I remember like you had the computer and like, you know, um, I think your, you know, your abuela was still, you know, alive. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, like, this, your house for me was was such a, a nice place to be, man, because I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, so I really appreciated being over your house all the time. Yeah, um, I loved having you there because you, you, you were one of the few people that could understand what I was doing. You know, if I was working on stories, if I was working on beats, like, you were there with me for those things. And, of course, we worked on music together from high school to adulthood i mean probably mm-hmm. the last track that we did together was maybe last year or something like yeah, that yeah 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 deep abrasions on the forehead and there were indentations in the south which may have been caused by some metal instrument thank you doctor you are professor jules heights father of the deceased man bruno heights i am you heard the evidence before this court i have did you know the girl no, sir. So, yeah, I, I, that just making beats, man, just realizing that I didn't, I missed out on a lot of learning how to play any instruments, and then I realized that I could use programs and start programming, sampling things, and Mm-hmm. stealing stuff from soundtracks and putting mm-hmm. beat, uh, drums underneath them and developing from there I really fell in love with that doing some of the the multimedia work that I did like uh, the animatic the circle of agony thing that we worked that you worked on mm-hmm. with me actually making music for it and not just doing the art and the story but making the music and then doing the soundtrack for it and the score just music was just another part of me being able to art direct my life you know and uh, it's been a blessing it's been such a great part of my life you've done you know um you know we talked for almost an hour but uh you know there is so much i think between you know um you starting music right because i think that is when um you know like the t-shirts remember you do with like you know making the, like the illustrations like you know, the, the lenore the lenore story then music then this is like the whole mage the midnight thing that mm-hmm. was kind of inspired by your story right. um then 
um, you know, making beats. And then all of a fucking sudden, man, you're painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened oh, with yeah, this, I dude? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I just... Uh, I, I, I have this weird thing that when I was little, I thought that if I decided to be good at something, that I, it would just happen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really believe in that for a long time after the world sort of disappointed me a little bit when I kind of went out as an adult. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I was good at nothing and that I would be nothing. So mm-hmm. once, you know, I had my son, you know, I had a child very early and he's 15 now. In raising him, I realized that um, being encouraging and and, uh, and 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 just experimenting is really healthy and 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 it doesn't matter what the outcome is so i i started to like kind of get confidence in doing a little bit more of what i, I historically didn't think i i could do so mm-hmm. i think i just thought i liked the idea of painting and i said well that looks like fun and and maybe mm-hmm. i can try it and 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 if i tie it all into this world that i've built you know everything that i do is tied into that whether it's the the music that I made or, mm-hmm. or the little toys that I made or or drawings or stories, they're all tied into this world building idea and once I tied it into that, it, it sort of became kind of easy for me. I just sort mm-hmm. of let it be whatever it is and, and, and accepted it for what it was and, and gave all my paintings away and some people started to like them so so I felt good I felt good about it. You know, I felt good about the whole process. Yeah, man, it's just, yeah, dude, just, it's just so cool, man, like, um, yeah, and it's mad funny, man, because, um, <laughs> like, your Lenore mythos, whatever, is, like, my favorite book that is, doesn't exist, that's that never written, yeah, <laughs> it's never been written, dude, yeah. it's just, it's all in your head, man, I know, for, it's like, all there, you know. <laughs> it's still, it's still there, man, I'm still working on it, um, yeah, you know, one day I'll share with, with you what I have, but one of the problems, it's not a problem, I'm not gonna say it's a problem, but one of the challenges or realities that I have to face is that I do these things now for purely for the enjoyment that I get out of doing them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it doesn't need to go any further than that like I don't yeah. have to share any of this stuff with anybody in order for it to serve its purpose in my life mm-hmm. and for it to bring me that much joy so I, I've worked on it since then I've never stopped and it's become something deeper and more complex and a little bit less uh one-to-one like maybe it's a little bit more allegorical now a little Mm -hmm. bit more abstract and you know intertwined with all of the other work that i do yeah so you know it's 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 involved with circle of agony Mm -hmm. with all of the music that i made uh you know that's all connected but yeah it's all still there and uh i'm hoping to share it a little bit just so that anyone who was curious about what I've been working on in my life mm-hmm. can 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 look at it if they want to and, and see how it's developed because I don't make my money off of this stuff I don't have to put anything out uh, mm-hmm. there's no pressure for me to produce I just yeah. uh, I just muse on it and work on it in different forms and then I my my job my my actual work is so different from that that it there's yeah. no pressure for me to have to 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 share it yeah man um yeah awesome thanks for thanks for sharing man so so yeah man like you know um there's yeah this you've done so much artistically so much you know cre- creatively that's kind of been inspired inspire, inspiration for my whole life um and then all of a sudden man you know 
this is not what you do, man. This is you, you, you did not pursue anything in, in, in the arts, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, would you, would you mind sharing about, you know, what, what, what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, right now I'm in school for my MSW, which is my master's in social work, which I should be getting in, in another couple of years. But I'm already working on clinical teams as an MSW student. So I'm basically doing therapy. And uh, I do... The funny thing is the first thing that you said was you knew me as the guy who, do, who does kung fu and can draw good. And that's like what I do at my job now. Um, I see patients, you know, who have uh, mental health challenges. And I, and I, I do uh, appointments with them where we, we, we do qigong together, which is, you know, ancient Chinese meditative arts, healing arts that I learned in kung fu. And and art and I do art with them and, and sort of explore the spiritual aspect of their healing process uh, through some of the art that I know including the martial arts because I'm, I am looking at it in a more holistic way I am looking mm-hmm. at it in a more an experiment, experiential way when we, we have a challenge when we feel down about ourselves or when we're feeling lost uh, which I have many times in my life and mm-hmm. I think that was the beginning of my curiosity towards what the human experience is what it's like to have a consciousness what it's the unique uh, singular experience of one person one being you know one human mm-hmm. being their conscious experience is unique in all of history not a single human being in history that ever existed or ever will exist will have the same conscious setup as Mm -hmm. this one person, any one person. So when you get to know someone, uh, when you get to know yourself, you're, you're getting to know just a completely one in a billion, one in a trillion, (laughs) infinite, infinite, yeah. yeah, One in an infinitum of, um, (laughs) Of a, of a configuration of a self-awareness and I just think mm-hmm. that that is so beautiful and so awe-inspiring and uh, when someone is in pain when I know that someone is suffering I know that there is a way to interface and interact with this person so that movement happens some kind mm-hmm. of movement happens and it may not be in the way that anybody thinks because everybody is so unique and I think that that's the new place that I'd like to explore my, you know, creativity and my imagination is 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 in interfacing with the consciousness of another person and and and, and with my own, with my own yeah. consciousness. And how does my consciousness and let's say yours come together to create a reality that only we could understand? Like, for example, yeah. like you said, the music from the media room projects that we did to the stories that we've been a part of and written to the performances we did on stage together to uh you being part of uh my fiction writing and and us making music together and then you being a voice actor and a character in my world that i created (laughs) can he help you if he can he'll tell me ronnie you mind your business i'm sitting next to him can you help me? Probably not, my friend. Oh, I think you can. Actually, you're an Arcliera. I know you can help me. See, I have this big old revolver in my pants. But it's lonely. It fancies the company 
of Yorkie pistols. So my gun says that your guns will lift right off your hips and find a nice home with it. <laughs> what? You take my damn meaning? <laughs> Dan, are you sweating? You're out of your wits frightened. Did those fools in the corner send you over here to ruin our soup? Get up. I don't want to make a mess. I'll shoot you in the chest so that your clothes soak up whatever you spill. And us, and then the the, the possibility that we are going to maybe write a book together about yeah, the umwelt yeah. and, and about the conscious experience of a singular organism. The, the, the consciousness and the, the awareness, the life force that you and I share is a unique universe that no one will be able to fully comprehend, not even us, not even you and I. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and, yeah. and the people with the two closest front seats to that whole experience is you and I. And mm -hmm. we are lucky enough that we get to talk about it whenever we want. We get to explore that universe whenever we want, which is just our friendship, basically. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, man, yeah. And, 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 you know, you are obviously aware of it, this whole this whole podcast this whole interview is part of that is part of mm -hmm. that and uh you know I, i think that that's where i'm going next and and obviously you're kind of coming with me whether you like it or not i know that <laughs> <laughs> we talk about this shit all the time so all the time yeah yeah uh what what we can do you know the the frontiers are i don't look at it this is like space or the ocean or something like that i don't look at it like that i think that the ultimate infinite frontier is our consciousness and our ability to create and our imagination and, and that's that's where i'm going dope man um yeah man yeah thanks dude thanks thanks for sharing man i mean um yeah definitely can relate to what you're talking about i mean um you know um yeah i would love more than anything to to be a social worker um it's what i would have done if i uh didn't come to japan You know, I was I was applying to the MSW program in Stony Brook um, mm. because you know I just for me it's like the ultimate job. So it's so cool that um, that you're pursuing that. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So you know, hats off to you for for doing this. It's somewhat of a thankless job. A lot, a lot of a lot of work goes into it, um, but not a lot of uh, not a lot of people <laughs> you know give props to social workers, man. But for me, it's the ultimate job. But um, you know. I, I got into education um, and it's kind of, you know, my I, I just like education because, uh, you know, I think there are elements of um, of social work language, language learning in particular um, is something I've found really interesting because um, people's identity changes, you know, when, when they begin to learn a new language because it kind of opens up a new world to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And that's what had that's what has made me interested in you know about learning and specifically language learning uh later in life um you know because it's not it's not it's not easy no it's um, not i mean after i think age seven or eight it's it becomes uh increasingly difficult mm -hmm. to learn a new yeah. language you know second uh, sla second uh language acquisition and stuff like it you know it's, it's a really deep interesting field but um what, what we're learning now in the field is um that it is it's, it's about emotion man it's about like out like the effective factors man like you know like it's about it's it, it is holistic like learning a language effectively and teaching language effectively it's about what well-being and about you know being in the right place mentally understanding who you are and your values 
and you can use those things to learn better. Uh, better is not a good word, but more effectively. Right. You know, if you're not invested in it or you don't see the purpose of learning a language, then you're not going to learn as effectively. But if you can connect it to your beliefs, your goals, your dreams, then this can, uh, you know, uh, motivate you and inspire you to, to learn uh, in a more, you know, uh, positive and effective way. So, um, yeah, man, you know, uh, I think, you know, there are lots of crossovers between learning and between, you know, um, mental health and and uh, in, in social work as you said it's the final frontier right the the consciousness um is kind of uh something that i think you and i were j drawn to from different directions but we kind of right. uh, ended up in the same spot with empathy right, we, right. <laughs> it's like it's all about being empathetic and about you know the umfeld and understanding people's perspectives and stuff so yeah, so yeah man it's cool that, that we teachers, ended up here teachers like um in my life have been I didn't know anything about social work or therapy or anything like that but the few teachers in my life that cared about me that showed me that they cared you know when I was lacking kind of like an inspirational adult guidance were the ones who did exactly what I'm seeking to do now which is really to help guide people during moments of their life where they feel sort of rudderless and 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 movement for them is not happening uh, I don't really necessarily believe you can heal people mm -hmm. uh, I, I I believe you can help them heal themselves and you can mm -hmm. w walk with them sort of parallel with them and and help guide them and be sort of a, a, a sort of saint for them in that moment there's like a really mm -hmm. good movie that I like called a guide to recognizing your saints and um, I think uh, Shia LaBeouf is in it uh, Robert Downer mm -hmm. Jr. And it's about recognizing the people in your life that sort of represent, they're like totems of mm -hmm. a certain idea and a certain shift in your life. And I think that social workers can be like that and teachers can be like that as well. So, you know, representing a certain shift in, in of paradigm in someone's life and then they'll look back on that moment. And if you can be aware in the moment and sort of see when somebody's having a shift and be instrumental in guiding them through that shift uh, that's an important job to have and that could be anything you know it could be a guidance counselor it could be a after school counselor it could be a teacher mm -hmm. it could be a social worker it could be a, just a dude in your hood down the block yep. um, but <laughs> yeah. I guess you know me recognizing what that is I'm trying to optimize my, my, my ability to be in that position yeah. with other, for other people dope man but yeah, man, thanks for sharing so much. Um, yeah, dude, it's just so nice to to uh, to catch up and um, yeah, man, just talking to you, man. I keep on just thinking about like uh, like vampires, <laughs> shit, dude. Bro, we could we could go on for like twenty hours. I bet. Oh man, there's but, uh, so many things, and even just like the dating, and you know, our our, our dealing with you know, the female, the fair, the fair sex. Um, just so many things bro yeah so many things. but um yeah man thanks dude um so so yeah man we talked a little bit over an hour um and um yeah i just wanted to just touch on one th uh, two more things um so you, you shared a really cool uh photo with me about uh, a piece of jewelry that you made one of your co-workers that's like yes. uh Tain taino inspired um so yeah, can, can you share a little bit about like what what you've learned about the Taino culture and um, 
you know something that you know just to, to just to preface I recently my, my aunt uh, gave me a book uh, I think the book title is called The War Against All Puerto Ricans uh, written by this guy I think Nelson Dennis um, and it just talks about the colonial history of, of, of Puerto Rico and just like um, you know I after after reading that book um, <laughs> some party going on um, it's all good. It's all good, dude. Um, so, yeah, just reading that book, and then I was just some. And, and so, yeah, if, if you can just like you know, you can expand upon this or give your own opinion or insight what you've learned. But like uh, Puerto Rican history is so deep and so interesting, and you know, it what blows my mind today is that not many Puerto Ricans know a lot about or even seem to care about you know the, the the u.s and what the u.s has done to puerto rico over the past you know 100 right. years um so one thing that i remember is my great-grandmother you know like she was just like would drink these herbs and just have this way about her um that i just didn't really connect because i didn't know too much about like the the native culture of puerto rico but in in retrospect yeah, man. Like you know, there was lots of na- um, lots of native beliefs and stuff, and even like re- a religious thing, religiously, these kind of different spiritual beliefs, different way of, of interacting with people. I mean, she watched her novellas and stuff. You know what I mean? But um, you know, it was just a different man. And um, yeah, man. So what have you learned uh, about you know your, your Puerto Rican her- heritage and the Taino people and stuff? Yeah, well, I, I think um, I started to feel the the lack of culture and identity in myself uh, recently fairly recently as I started really exploring my own spirituality and and my relationship with healing and therapy and what I'm doing with some of the clients that I'm with and I explored a little bit of my own background and I learned a lot about my family and then I started exploring uh, Taino culture and what happened to us there. Mm. And what I learned, of course, some people know some of these things, some people don't. But, you know, first of all, the Taino people are not, their name, they're not Taino. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they, the first thing that they said was that we're Tainos and that means that we're good people. So they were trying mm-hmm. to tell the Spanish there who are you we're good don't worry about us we're good we're good people we're like kind and we're we're good and so that's what they were saying so when they're calling themselves Taino they're saying don't be afraid of us because we're good Mm -hmm. um and we we were just natives of Boriken so we would be like you know exactly what we are you know yeah um and my family grew grew up for many 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 generations back to uncountable generations to in Yauco which is where Agebana the chief of all of Puerto Rico escaped you know lived and and escaped to in the mountains when the the sort of war broke out between the Spanish and the the Tainos so my family is mostly all uh genetically culturally every any way you want to look at it uh indigenous mm-hmm. and they live in the mountains there in that same place where those natives ran uh for cover 
so I learned that how deep my history is with that the occurrences of and the violence of colonialism and I and then some of the old stories that they would tell and some of the things that they would do started to come back to me and I and I would compare it to what I learned of uh, uh, Taino culture and I realized that my family has basically been practicing indigenous Taino culture for forever non-stop mm -hmm. to this day even and uh, I realized that we were the first to interface with European forces we were the first to experience genocide and that Puerto Rican and Dominican and Cuban uh, culture is completely entrenched with terrible uh, genocidal trauma slavery um, patriarchy colonialism through mm. uh, I mean um, capitalism through colonialism because you mm. know those things are, are, are not inter you know they're interchangeable they're not separatable yep and how much of our current day understanding of indigenous cultures and some words that we use and some things that we do especially Latinos Caribbean Latinos comes from Taino culture you know like mm -hmm. a hammock you lay, mm -hmm. hammocks were invented by the Taino barbecues mm -hmm. is a Taino word and that was but all barbecues when somebody has a barbecue you know Korean barbecue American mm -hmm. barbecue any barbecue at all <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the idea of a barbecue a barbecue is the word and the ceremony for cooking meat outside with people under a flame and that's a Taino uh, ritual wow. and uh, so the so my co-worker who was having sort of the same crisis now that I was having a couple of years ago uh, really wanted to connect to her her, her identity so a part of that f for me is uh, you know she she's the was the only Puerto Rican the only person of color working at the company that I work for and mm -hmm. she asked them to hire someone of color and they happened to hire me so mm. there is sort of like a serendipitous I say you know uh, quality to me being hired and finding her and me being as awakened as I was in that moment to my own culture and mm -hmm. so I'm always giving her what I learn and 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 the sort of the art that I make with feathers and using macaw mm -hmm. feathers to make jewelry and stuff the way that my our ancestors did mm -hmm. uh, and giving them to her and I bought her a drum uh, a hand drum to play and I, and I want to just help her connect with her ancestors the way that I have you know I believe that generational trauma is real and I, I think that if there is a way to look at the conscious perspective in a metaphysical way of, of uh, outside of time extra temporal you know mm -hmm. consciousness that there is a way to look at all of this as happening at the same time and that if our family members down the generational lines either before us or after us would would want us for any want for us if anything it would be that we find some sort of peace with ourselves and 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 do our work uh do mm. our part of the work in untangling some of the uh the damage done by colonization and and by uh trauma generational trauma of of uh 
uh, inequality and and exploiting human beings and and, mm-hmm. and that's what I think I'm trying to do I think that in being aware of what has happened to you know my grandfather and my great-grandfather and my great-great-grandfather and 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 what how that affects me and how that affects mm-hmm. my son and how I'm going to address that is is the way that I am being aware of my ancestors and and sort of being a good Daino and mm-hmm. and uh, and and helping to heal the hurts that were 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 enacted upon us you know yeah man i mean um you say that but yeah man thanks for sharing so much so yeah the final question man um yeah man i mean i know the answer but yeah, can, can you speak any other languages even a few words other than english uh please share i can um uh speak a little bit of spanish of course uh i could say what can i say tengo que practicar mi español pero es difícil porque yo no tengo mi abuela y no conozco ningún abuelita con yo puedo practicar and uh, basically I just said a, I can speak uh, Spanish let me guess let me guess so you can yeah, you speak guess, Spanish you right uh, you can speak some Spanish but you know it's like very basic and uh, practic- like very practical Spanish and um, it's very difficult um, because it's your, your grandmother somebody your grandmother mm-hmm. and then I'm uh, then I'm I'm, I'm gone <laughs> it's pretty close I, I said uh, I, I need to practice my Spanish okay. uh, but it's difficult because I don't have a grandma anymore and I don't know any grandmas on my block with whom I can practice Spanish <laughs> okay because it's always right, good cool. to practice uh, Spanish with an abuelita yeah man um, yeah man I was talking with Annie because yeah a- Annie she studied in Puerto Rico for a year in college um, and, yeah, yeah, and um, I was telling her like, yeah, I'm really good at getting yelled at in Spanish. Like, right. siéntate. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. Ben aquí. So yeah, I'm a I'm a pro at getting yelled at in Spanish, but I can't really speak it too much. It's all good. I mean, like, if if you if you're allowing yourself to be yelled at by a woman in Spanish, then you got half of being Puerto Rican down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, thanks, dude. I really appreciate it, man. And um, yeah, man, um, I hope to to have you back on. And uh, yeah, we can definitely get into it about the Umwelt and about colonialism. And um, yep, yeah, man, just, come, just man. More work yeah, happening. man, yeah, man. All right, thanks, dude. And uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs>